Welcome back to another Flower Ed podcast. I am interviewing my graphic designer, Alex, today from Haven Studio Co. Good morning, Alex. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So excited. So, so welcome. I have had so many people DM me about you, about graphic design, about branding, and I feel like there's a lot of confusion (laughs) when it comes to brand. So I wanted to get Alex on so that we could... um, just chat just like a chill interview and um yeah just tick things off hopefully everyone gets so so much out of this and if this can be just like a part one we can do another one down the track that's like a little bit more uh, like stuff more advanced um if if that's what everyone wants and that's really helpful um but let's jump into it alex give us a rundown who are you what do you do Awesome. Well, I'm Alex. I'm from Haven Studio. So I'm a brand and web designer and a copywriter as well for female entrepreneurs. So I mainly work with small business owners, you know, like one to five sort of people, Um, all women though, and mainly in sort of like the creative and like coaching and wellness sort of industries. Uh, And I've been doing this for, well, this business, I'm into my third year now, but I've actually been designing for like nine-ish years. I used to work at a design agency you know, working for the man. And then I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. Just sort of hit a point where I just couldn't continue on and then started my own business. And the rest is history. It's been going really, really well. Amazing. And how did you sort of start out? Was it, did you always want to do it? No, actually it just, I, I don't know. I feel like I was a bit of a late bloomer with like my career. So I originally wanted to be a doctor. That was the goal. And that was like what I was really aiming for out of high school almost got in, but it's a very competitive process. So I didn't, I was like, okay, let's find something else. I went into, I think three or four different degrees. Actually, I started multiple degrees in like various areas, like science and like IT. And there was another one that I can't even remember. Oh, multimedia and just so many different areas that sort of like, I guess, gradually led me to understanding what design was because I had no idea but basically sort of when I started the the IT degree there was sort of like a small subject in there that had a little bit to do with sort of graphics and design but from a very like technical perspective and I was like oh this is kind of interesting what is this and anyway I quit I quit all these degrees so my hex debt is insane but we're not going to talk about that (laughs) but um I eventually sort of started dabbling in you know a little bit of graphic related stuff myself and then you know, went into into uni for this, you know, communication design. Um, and I loved it. I was like, what is this? This is amazing. I, I'm loving every second. I just wasn't feeling that with the other degrees I was doing. Um, yeah. And honestly, I just, I don't know. I just didn't even consider it as a career. Like I always thought if you wanted to be successful, you had to go into something that was like, you know, smart. Yeah. Like law or like being a doctor or just something like that. I don't know. That was just the the mindset I was in. And I think a lot of people are, you know, when they're younger, but yeah, so kind of like fell into it, but it's absolutely what I was born to do. So I'm just so happy that I like found my path here. Like, yes, I got here a bit late, but I'm here and I I love it. So I wouldn't change the journey at all. Yeah. It's so cool. And I feel like it's so, so common for just creatives in general. I feel like it's, I feel like everyone has that similar story where it's like, I literally just fell into it or I did uni a bunch of times. Like I did, I went to uni twice, hated it, hated the 
all of it and it's just it's it is really interesting that when you are younger when you're at school I remember in year 10 the careers advisor came up to me and she was like so what are you going to do with the rest of your yeah. life <laughs> it's like you're like 16 or something <laughs> yeah I was like uh I don't know and then I was in year 12 and I saw so many of just everyone in my year being like yep I'm gonna go be a teacher I'm gonna go mm. be a doctor I'm gonna go to uni like it was just so common and like yeah. my mom's a school teacher so she was like you go to uni you get a degree you get a job yeah, so the typical journey kind yeah, of yeah 100 so it's really cool yeah just to hear from um yeah from other industries as well that you do think like oh it's not really legit like it's not really yeah. a business and then you yeah. start your business and then you see what's possible and it's just like oh my god this is better than anything else better than being yeah, a doctor, exactly than being a teacher it's just so like unfortunate that you you kind of have to just throw yourself into it. Like there's not really anyone who, you know, when you're younger will guide you there. Like you really yeah. just have to take, take that leap for yourself. And it is so scary, but yeah, it's so worth it. Yeah, it is so, so worth it. And, and I, I'm so glad <laughs> that you yeah. have where you have. Um, for everyone who doesn't know, hasn't been following along, I've been with Alex for, um, when did we start? A couple months ago? I think Good it was like late last year. Yeah. Okay. So like, like six so months ago, like eight, eight months, months ago. Something. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Time has flown by. <laughs> and um, I sort of came to you with my two brands. So Flower Ed and Florals and Fika um, and was kind of at a point where I'd done the DIY thing for like five years. And I was like, I just need like actual help. And I feel like a lot of people are <clears throat> sort of in that position as well. And um, we can go into it later anyway about like, yeah, advice that you'd given stuff. But in terms of brand, what would you say that brand is? I feel like there's so yeah. much confusion around like, what even is brand? I think people get it confused with branding, like all the visual side of mm -hmm. things. So sort of like plain English human speaking, yeah. what is brand to you? Yeah. It's such a good question because honestly, I feel like I didn't even know when I got into this industry what the difference was because there is like, you know, that surface level branding, which is generally what people think <clears> of when, when you think of brand. And I haven't, I don't blame people for that because that's just the like conception that, that everyone sort of has, but yeah. there really is a, a big difference between them. So basically branding is a part of brand. Brand is like the full umbrella basically. So brand like to me is like, the experience and the emotion and the feeling that's associated with a business. So when you experience a business, like any business, you're experiencing the brand. So it goes well beyond like what you actually see. It's, you know, what you see, what you feel, what you hear, what you touch, how you communicate, like it's so many different facets. Um, but that's something that I think needs, that needs to be worked on first before you sort of look at the branding. Cause the branding is the visual like perception of that brand, if that makes sense. So yeah. like, I think a good example that is like really easy because everyone knows it is Apple. So, you know, when you think of the Apple branding, you think, oh yeah, it's like white, it's silver, it's clean. It's got the little Apple logo. Like we all sort of know what Apple looks like as a, as a brand. But then when you think of like experiencing Apple, so you think of the store, like how beautiful it is. You think of the people in their colored shirts in there and how helpful they are. You think of the genius bar, you think of the products and like your iPhone and your MacBook and, you know, how great they are to use and like that sort of ecosystem they've created, like that's the brand of Apple. And then the branding is just that visual aspect. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so helpful. And it's even, I remember someone was telling me once to think of your brand as kind of like a, a human walking down the street and it's like, what is their personality? Like mm. how do they feel, how do, what do they do? How do they move? What are their little quirks? And then like the branding is like just what they look like, like yeah. visual appearance, like what they're wearing the lipstick they've got on, whatever it may be. So yeah, it's yeah. just so, so true. And I think, yeah, people get the two totally mixed up. And mm. um, I know that you speak a lot about, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you call it the brand essence. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Talk talk us through, is that just like what, what you see as brand? Well, it's kind of like the base layer that I like to work from. Like it's a, a term I sort of coined myself, but it's essentially like the core feeling that you want associated with your brand. So I really like to start from there when like you think of brand building, like think of it, you know, like a house, you build the foundations, you build the frame, you put the windows in, you put the walls in, like like whatever the, the steps are to creating that end result. That's sort of the same thing with brand building. You, you do start from a certain point and you build up. So I think a really good place to start for anyone who's like starting to build their brand is like, okay, what is my brand essence? So what is that one core feeling or emotion that I really want to convey through every aspect of my business. And then you can start from there and sort of funnel that into everything that you're doing as a business. And I think that is a really helpful place to start because it simplifies it down a lot. And then you can think, okay, like with my storefront and like how I'm serving my customers, like, am I conveying that feeling and emotion that I want? And then with my Instagram feed and like my stories and everything, am I conveying that same emotion? And, you know, all those different touch points of your business, like making sure that emotion is, you know, filtering through all of them. Yeah. And totally felt. And, um, yeah. I know that when, yeah, when we started and you can even talk us through sort of the process with your clients as well, that you go through in terms of, um, yeah, just like the questionnaires and sort of like the questions that you ask along the way. Mm -hmm. I know that we spent um, a, a good chunk of time really figuring out and nailing the the core messaging and, and the values and things. So just talk us through sort of like when you do bring on a client, what are those sort of questions and things that, that you really focus on to get an idea around what that brand is in itself before you move into branding? Yeah, so definitely like I really like to talk with clients about what their story is, sort of how they started, what their passion is, because that's a huge driving force. And that is a really amazing way to build connection easily in a brand. It's just by using your own story and your own sort of experience. Um, because something that I really like to do is humanize brands, basically like, like people connect with people. So the more human you can make your brand, the better your audience is going to connect with it. And so that means like, yes, showing up, showing your face, talking about yourself, talking about your story, but in a way that connects with your customers as well. You don't want it just to be like me, 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 but you've yeah. got to think about it from a slightly strategic angle, but still telling your story. So that's one of the places I like to start is, you know, getting that backstory, why you're here, like how you got here. And then that overall big vision where you want the business to go, that's such an important part of it as well. Because if we're designing a brand, it needs to work for where you are right now in your business, but also for the next three to five years, it needs to help you build. Like it can't restrict you. So really taking that into consideration. Um, and then of course, just sort of what you want to be known for. So when someone thinks of flower ed, for example, when someone thinks of florals and fika, like what, what do you want them to, to think of immediately and that associ association you want them to make and then bringing that into the branding too. And then, you know, that's sort of initial like brand building questions. But then when it comes to like your audience, for example, that's such a huge part of it too, because we need to make sure that 
we're bringing the right eyeballs in. We're getting the right people to look at our, our business, like the people that we actually can help and the people whose lives we can change. We want them to look at our business. So we need to know who they are. And that doesn't just mean going, oh, okay, how old are they? And where do they live? And how much do they make? Like that's really, that's surface level kind of yeah. stuff when it comes to like figuring Identifying. out your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's helpful, but I think the more helpful way to go about it and how I like to do it with my clients is, okay, like where are they right now? Like what is the transformation? You know, so how are they feeling at the moment? What are they struggling with? What might their challenges be? Like really tapping into that emotional side of it. And then how are they going to feel after, you know, we work together or after I help them or after they buy my product? And what is that sort of gap in between and how can we bridge that gap? Um, but yeah, really coming at it from like an emotional perspective, I think is the most helpful part here. Cause that's how you, yeah. again, you connect with people. You don't connect with like Sarah, who's 25 and she lives in Sydney. Like you connect yeah. with Sarah, like the human and her personality and what drives her. Yeah, a hundred percent. I always say that as well. A lot of people, um, yeah, ask the same thing where they're like, I, I've read a marketing book or I've heard this like old school marketing stuff. And it is so much like, where do they live? What's their age? Like, what do they do on the weekends? Yeah. And like that stuff. <laughs> like, I, I don't care what you do on the weekends. Like it might help in some instances, maybe a hundred percent, but I, I'm exactly the same. I like to tap into, yeah, where they're at, what they're feeling and mm. It, even like their values as well, like depending on the business and the brand and everything, but I just like to connect on their values so that it, it connects with you as well. If they're valuing abundance and you value abundance, like that's perfect. That's amazing. And it's like, yeah. how do you bridge that gap? How do you reach them? And yeah, that's when brand comes into play, which is really cool. Um, what would you say to someone um, if they were like, why should I bother about focusing on brand? Like, what's the difference between people who are building a brand and just like selling a thing? Yeah. So I think, and I, I feel like it's something you've talked about on your Instagram too, but it's sort of the difference between like a hobby-based business, I feel like in a business that, you know, you really want to build into an empire. So I'm not saying that a business who doesn't have branding can't do well, because like it can, but the thing is, it's going to be a lot harder. So, you know, you could have the best product or service in the world. But unless you are making that instant connection with people and you're building that instant sort of trust, it's going to be really hard to get people to come in and actually try it to know how good it is. So yeah. that's like a really big thing in terms of the, the branding. So the visual side of things, it gives you that initial sort of connection with the right people. And it's again, like, it's like seeing someone walking down the street. So like you immediately know if you are attracted to them or not, you know, like just visually you can, you can be like, oh yeah, like, like they're hot or something or they're not yeah. like just straight away. You just know. And then, you know, so if you're like, you know, trying to date someone or whatever, you, you would immediately know if you're attracted to them and then you'd be like, okay, let's talk. And like, I'll find out more about you. Yeah. And that's essentially how like Tinder works. Right. So yeah. Um, it's the same kind of thing. You want people to immediately, you know, land on your Instagram, land on your website, whatever, and go, okay, this looks cool. This, this is nice. I like this. And then they'll hang around, then they'll read your content and then they'll buy your product. And that's how you bring them in. So if you aren't forming that initial connection through the branding, they're not going to be able to experience your brand. So you really need it to, to pull the people in. Yeah, it totally. Makes, makes building a business so much easier. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like that even connects with um, when we speak about ads, I know that so many people ask about like, should I just um, do ads on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it may be? And I usually say 
the ads are only going to get you eyeballs, but you need to give them a reason to stay. And if mm. your free content's not currently doing that, then yep. why would more eyeballs do anything in terms of sales? And I think that's exactly it. And I've given this example before, but I, I look at it like um, an open home. So out the front, you look at the facade and it's so beautiful. And there's someone standing there and they're welcoming you in and it's just gorgeous. And like, that is what the ad does. Like that is in terms of eyeballs. And that could even be what the branding does as well, where it's mm. like, oh, it's really pretty. I like it. That's what's going to get them in. But then when they walk into the house, if it's a hot mess, it's like hoarders have been there. It's like all like falling apart. People aren't going to stay. They're going to walk out. And I feel like that's where the brand comes into play, where people are only focusing on oh, I'm focusing on brand, like I have a color palette. I'm like, it goes so much deeper than just choosing a cute palette that, that you yeah. can use. So if yeah. someone is, um, and I feel like, yeah, that's with ads as well, where people are like, I want to do ads. And I'm like, you, you need to give them a reason to stay in itself yeah. and, then, and then do the ads. Um, if people are in that position where they're like, I feel like I have a brand, like I've got, I've got a color palette, mm. what would be sort of, what would you get them to focus on at the very start? Even if say they didn't want to hire anyone yet, they still yep. are in that very newbie DIY stage. They might not have the funds to play with. Mm. What would you get them to focus on first? Yeah. I mean, I personally first would get them to focus on the brand building rather than the branding <laughs> building. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So much brand, but um, yeah. yeah, because I feel like sort of like what we we're just talking about when it comes to people, you know, wanting to like you getting people to buy from you, the branding is the first thing and then they experience the brand. So it kind of works that way. But when you are actually building the business, I think I personally feel like you should be building the brand first and then the branding. So it sort of reverses. Um, because if you haven't got that brand foundation built, then when you go to actually either design your own brand, if that's what you want to do, you want to DIY it, or if you want to go work with somebody, then we're sort of not building from a solid foundation there. And you're going to, you know, this is when people like six months down the track, oh, I need to rebrand now because they've built it on shaky foundations. It's literally like building a house without the actual foundation first. It yeah. might look great or, you know, it might be nice, but then yeah. a gust of wind comes, it blows it, it over and you've got to start again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I really think that people should start with the foundations of like, okay, why am I here? What is my actual purpose? How am I helping people? Um, you know, who is my audience sort of figuring these things out, which obviously like a, a branding expert can also help with, but obviously if you're at this stage, you're probably not ready to invest in that yet. So this is something where I think you really need to work on this first, and then you can start applying that to your actual visuals and being like, okay, now I know what I stand for. I know what my values are. I know why I'm here. I know how I want people to feel. I know who I'm trying to bring in. So let's design something around that to represent that. But yeah, I would I would not in initially be thinking of the the actual brand design. I'd be thinking of that feeling and experience you want to create first and then sort of building on it from there. Yeah, 100%. And if you were to think of, um, I guess, the difference, like it's very obvious, of course, but between a, a DIY and having an expert come in and do it, like what would you say that difference is? I know that years ago, I mean, I got to the point where I was like, I just need in a hundred percent. It just made sense. But years ago, I did sort of question it where I was like, like why hire someone when I can just do it mm. myself? And then I kind of got to the point where I was like, 
I just feel like it looks like a hobby vibe because I'm DIYing it. And then as soon as I got you in, like both businesses have just changed completely in in the way they look and feel. And I feel Mm. like I can get my message across. So would you say that's like the, the biggest reason people should buy into an actual professional getting it done properly? Yeah. And like, everyone's at a different point in their business. So absolutely not everyone needs to invest in branding like straight away. Some people do, some people don't, but it depends on where you're at. But basically like most of my clients come to me in a really similar position to you where they're like, you know, a little bit further in, they know how great their offer is or their service or their product. And, you know, they've seen a bit of success, but then they've like either hit a plateau or they're starting to just feel like they've outgrown what they have. And it's no longer representing like how great the thing is that they're actually selling because, you know, it is great. Like all my clients are incredible, amazing people with really awesome things that they're selling. But then if you start to feel like your external doesn't reflect that internal, then there's a lot of problems that start to happen. Like usually people stop showing up for their business. They start to be in a bit of a panic mode when it comes to like designing for their Instagram or like, you know, adding things to their website because there's no clarity there and they're starting to feel really out of alignment Um, And that can just lead to so many issues in terms of like, you know, if you're not showing up and then you're not getting eyeballs, people aren't buying from you. And it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy because then they're like, well, okay, I'm not going to invest in branding now because, you know, I'm not going to buy more. Yeah. Yeah. But it really is such an amazing difference when you work with a professional, like from experience, like my clients, I've had some people see results within the week of like launching their branding, which is really, really cool. It doesn't happen with everyone. Some people it's more of a long-term return on investment. For some people it is really quick um, because it, it completely changes the way your audience sees your business. And this is something I like to talk about a lot where you are in complete control of how your brand is perceived. It is completely and entirely up to you. So the the reason people have an idea in their head about your brand is purely because of what you have put out into the world to show them. So the things you say, the things you post, like the, if you have a storefront, like how that looks like this is all part of your brand and it's up to you, you know, what people see, people can only form perception based off what you give them. Like if, yeah. if there's nowhere else that it's coming from. So as soon as you shift <clears throat> the output that you're putting out, like as soon as you shift the visuals and the feeling and the experience, people's perception of your business changes. So if you're thinking um, no one's buying from me or people aren't valuing, you know, my service that like I always have to cut my prices back, like I have to discount, like people just don't see the value. Well, the problem could very well be that their perception of your brand is that you aren't a high-end brand or you aren't a luxury brand or you're not worth that money because of how you're you're showing yourself. And it's all a very subconscious process for consumers, but it yeah. happens. So this is why when you know, you do get branding done professionally and it's got that sort of strategic undertone to it because, you know, we actually want it to do something for your business. Um, It really changes the game. It's like insane how much it can change things. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it is, it is so sad when someone does have such a good product or service or just them in themselves, like they're so knowledgeable or so skillful. And then it's just that disconnect, right, between, yeah, what they actually can offer, what the thing actually is. And I say that all the time. I'm like, you could be the best florist in the whole world. You could have the most insane flowers and designs. But if people can't see that and feel that and connect and, and have that that sense of trust, then mm. why are they going to buy? And, and yeah. that, that's literally the whole thing that it comes down to. It's that perception and that expectation. And I find a lot, and I'm not sure if you, you experienced this with um, 
other clients as well in other industries but a lot of people do have that thing where they're like oh i want people to spend more like i want i want to reach bigger budgets especially in like the wedding flower world a lot of people do start with um the elopements the the one two three thousand and they're like how do i hit that 10 12 15 20k mark and Mm. i'm i always just think like would you spend that money considering what your business how it's presenting at the moment like would it make sense would would you trust your own brand would someone actually want to come and give you fifteen thousand dollars for flowers Mm. considering the way that you're currently presenting even if you're the best florist in the world so do you experience that with other clients as well i'm not sure i know you've got different industries going on but where they're like i just want to tap into either a higher budget range or maybe just a different client as well yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of people who either want to like shift their target audience in some way, like pivot their target audience and they're not sure how to do that. And also like, especially for my service-based business owners, they, a lot of them do want to increase their prices or yeah. they like their prices, but no one's paying those prices. And they're like, okay, how do I get people to just pay the prices that I have at the moment? Um, but yeah, it's it's exactly what you were saying. So the branding just makes such a huge difference. And I think, you know, even if you think about yourself, like how you buy things, you know, like the last time you invested in something like for your business or for yourself, whatever it was, and it was like, you may maybe a little bit more of an investment for you. Think about the process that you went through when you bought that. Like, did you look at different people? And then why did you say no to some of those people? And why did you go with the one that you did buy from? Or if you're buying from a store, like a a luxury handbag or something, like why did you pick that particular store? Like, was there an experience that you had there that you really enjoyed? And I think we can just pull so much from like the daily experiences we have as as consumers and customers because we learn so much we don't even realize like again it's so subconscious but once you start thinking about how you buy things you can pull on that for your own business yeah yeah it's massive and I do that all the time now like I've made um podcast episodes about the fireplace that I bought and just like little tiny things and once you start to see it like you can't unsee it every time you buy something you're like oh I like that or why did he say that I I was looking at sign writing for the van the other day and even just like the language that people use or the things that they say I'm like that is actually kind of ruining your brand in itself or it could have been really clever so this guy um we're talking about the sign writing and he said um it was something along the lines of um it was like you don't want to spend much though do you or something like that and I was like that's a nice say that why would you expect that from me but secondly like you've just downplayed so much like it kind of makes me mm. not want to spend money whereas if yeah. you're like just talking me into the higher end I would have spent whatever I could have spent thousands and thousands and thousands but if you're like oh you don't really want to spend that much it puts a cap on it, it puts that limit mm. it's just so interesting the way people sell and move and and behave within in that selling process in the buying process it is so cool when you look at yourself as a consumer and just see see what you like and start implementing that and see what you don't like and just take note and stop that as well because it's all it's all adding up towards your brand and it's gonna it's gonna impact whether people buy or not as well, which is, um, yeah, it's just massive. And I, I give this example of if you were to go and buy either like a house or a, a new car, like imagine if you walked into Porsche or something, let's say you love the product, like let's say you love a Porsche, you really want a Porsche, but say you walk in and they're, 
they're dressed in like trackies and someone's there <laughs> smoking and there's mess everywhere. There's grease all on the floor. There's dust all over the car. Like, would you feel that trust to hand over hundreds of thousands of dollars, even if you're obsessed with the product? Probably yeah. not, right? And I feel like that's where brand, brand and branding comes into play so, so much because it's just that expectation. It's that perception. And I think like Instagram for me for so many years has been that that perception builder where it is like my storefront because I don't have a an active storefront. I have people who that is the only thing that they really look at before they mm. hit the website, before they inquire. So even thinking about that customer journey, like that Instagram has to be my shop front. Like it has to give that perception of oh, I really want to pay her $15,000 for flowers. And if it doesn't have that, it's going to make sense that people with a lower budget are going to come along or people aren't going to buy. And I feel like so many people are in the same boat where they're like, I have a really good product. I'm such a good floral designer, but like, why aren't people buying? And I'd say a lot of it does come back to that that perception, that expectation, um, which, yeah, that's where brand comes into play, right? Yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. If you were to say like something that people um, just fuck up, like you just <laughs> you see people who are trying to do brand and you're like, oh, like I just see it happen over and over again. And it's it's just hurting your brand so much. What would you say that is? Or you can pull on a few things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a couple of things. I think one of them is something that we we chatted about together during like our design process for both of your businesses but basically like designing or like just creating your branding like to look like the rest of your competitors because like to yeah. be honest like every niche does have kind of a bit of a look and feel that a lot of people use especially mm -hmm. when they haven't gone the professional route like everything starts to look a bit same same like I see it in all of my clients industries like even though they're all different just a lot of the businesses look the same, whether it's the colors or the fonts they use or just the way they present themselves on Instagram. And then, you know, a lot of the time people think, okay, like this is what my competitors are doing. This is what the space looks like. I'm going to do that too because that obviously works. And then that's safe. It feels like comfortable because you're not like standing out and people aren't, you know, looking at you. But then when you think about it, you know, that's not that's what, what you want. want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like when, when you look like everyone else, when it comes down to it, people are just going to pick you because you're you're available or like you're cheapest. Like they're not actually going to yeah. pick you because of you or because of your talent or whatever it is. It's just like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll go with you, I guess. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know the difference between you guys. What <laughs> yeah. doesn't really matter, does it? Or like, you know, so really, um, Oh, what was I saying? Oh my God, sorry. I just completely lost my train of That's okay. It's just like competitors are just like all the same. And I see that as well. Yes. It is so true where people are like, I'm getting so many price shoppers and I'm like, mm. well, are you giving them a reason to choose you because they're so obsessed with you no matter what the price is? And they're usually yeah. like, well, no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, when we, when we did our, our project together, you and I, like, it was really important to, you know, cause like a lot of florists, they do look the same. There is a lot of same, same sort of happening out there. And also when it comes to business coaches. So it's interesting because both of those have mm. their own, like very distinct, you know, vibes in their yeah. respective niches, but still a lot of like same, same sort of stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's obviously important to 
design in a way that's going to connect with the audience of that particular industry because like you know obviously some things do work to bring that audience in and so you need to work with that but at the same time you do need to set yourself apart so people actually have a reason to choose you and this is again why yeah people are like oh you know they're not spending with me or that they want you know a cheaper price whatever it is because you're just not setting yourself apart properly so that's one of the main the one of the first things i see like when people are sort of starting their businesses they'll be like you know, let's, let's just go down the same, same route. And I, I do even find that when people come to me for branding, sometimes clients will come to me, you know, if they've got their Pinterest mood board and it's, it is very similar to what's in their niche. So I'll yeah. have to step in and be like, okay, here's what I think, you know, this is why we shouldn't do it. This is what yeah. we could do instead and showing some options. Cause I'm not here to like dictate your business, but I am here to, you know, give those suggestions as to what is going to help your business the best and get you the yeah. best return on investment. Yeah. And I guess as well, the other thing that I see, you know, happen quite a lot is when people sort of design their brand, like whether they're DIYing it or if they're working with a professional, but designing it for themselves only. So like, you know, oh, I think this color is pretty and I think this font is pretty. I love it. So I'm going to use it. And that's great. Like, obviously you need to love your brand because you need to show up for it day in and day out. And you need to jump into Canva and feel like excited to put content together because you just love how it looks. So there's definitely that aspect where you need to love it. But if you're only focusing on you and what you love, you're leaving your whole audience, audience behind yeah. and they're yeah. the ones that like make it a business. If you don't have them, it's not a business. So you need to also be looking at them and be like, okay, what do they like? What's going to attract them? And then merge that together, you know, bring in elements of what you love and elements of what they love. And often a lot of the time with my clients, there is an overlap there because some like you'll often be like, I find part of your own sort of ideal client in a way. So you can pull on things that you like, but you need to match that to what your audience likes. So they're probably the two biggest mistakes I see, you know, just straight off the bat with a lot of businesses. Yeah. And I love the conversation around really leading that design conversation with your clients, because I think um, it's exactly the same for floral designers. And I'm sure for for all different designers in, in their space as well. It's really cool that like people are going to be leaning on you for trust, you know, and safety in this space where they're coming in with a Pinterest board where they're like, I like this, but they don't actually know what's possible beyond that because that's all they can see. That's all they know. And like Mm -hmm. you said, it's so easy to be a sheep and just be like, oh, they're doing that. I'll just do that. Like, it's so easy to just sort of move with the pack. Do you find that having that that conversation and really leading in in that design conversation came easy for you at the start did you find that it was a little bit tricky just like I know that a lot of florists say the same thing where they'll get a Pinterest board and then they can see there's something so much better that could be offered but they're like mm. oh I don't know how to talk about that like I I I just feel like a bit of a robot like they come to me they ask it and then we create it whereas I'm like if you want to be a designer like you're the designer like you're supposed to be designing the space and Mm -hmm. leading that did you find that was tricky in the start or did you sort of pick it up kind of easily do you still find it tricky (laughs) I don't find it tricky now but at the start I definitely did and it's because when I worked at the design agency we would often just do what the client wanted so like that was the the rule there you just kind of do what the client asks client is always right and like Yes, the client's always right to a point, but you're you're the expert, right? They're coming yeah. to you because they can't do it. And and even if they think they know, you do know better because this is your expertise. This is your industry. This is what yeah. you do every day. And, you know, this is also the difference between like a lower budget business and a, like a higher budget business is like that level of 
expertise that you are going to share with your clients. So if you're a millionaire, bazillionaire, whatever, you go to an interior designer because you have your gorgeous mansion, you want to get it all done. You don't go to them and say, I want this, 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 and this. No, they go to them and go, okay, you're the you expert. Tell me what you think works. And then they go, yep, perfect. And then they just buy every piece of furniture that the interior designer suggests because they're hiring them. They know that they're yeah. the expert. Um, so you really need to, I think if you, if you want to continue or, or start getting those higher budget clients and like actually getting good results, like that you can put on your Instagram and you're really, really proud of, then you need to start to speak up a bit. And that doesn't mean you have to do it in like a way that is harsh or rude or anything, but like often when I do this with my clients and say, no, I, look, I think there's a better way. Here's what I think, explain it, give your reasons rather than just saying, this is what we should do. Like people don't like that. But if you tell them your reasons, you explain it, you know, people will be like, oh, wow, that's, I didn't even think of that. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. So it's, if you don't tell them and you don't try, like you're never going to know what their response is. And sometimes people aren't going to want to do your option and that is okay. Like everyone's different, but the most you can do is at least put your expertise out there and, and tell them what you think and yeah. the reason behind it. Yeah, totally. I think it's so, so important. And it's sort of like ricochets off each other, where if you're leading the design conversation with your clients, then you're going to be creating cooler stuff, which is mm. also going to be the way that you're presenting your brand to then get more of those clients who, who are going to give you that creative license. But this is the part where it's like, where are you actually contributing to the client not giving you creative license because you're not leading the conversations in itself? You're not leading the whole consultation or the whole client in itself. If you're not leading, why are they going to give you creative license? Because yeah. you don't feel safe to to be, they don't feel safe to be led by you yes. if you're not leading that conversation. So it is just so interesting that it's sort of like, a bit of a compounding effect where it's like you lead the conversation, you create cooler stuff, you show cooler stuff, you get asked for cooler stuff, and then it just goes round and round and round. So yeah. if, if anyone is a designer and feels like they're um, they, they're not getting creative license, even just question like, where are you not leading the, the consultation, the client in itself? It shouldn't be mm -hmm. that the client's coming and then you're just creating like you're you are a robot where it's just like here's the brief they give you it and then you create it it instead yeah. it's like how can you start to actually really step into that leadership role and even with um with branding in itself and and i remember when we were looking at um all of the competitors for florals and fika and even flower ed as well which was really interesting but especially for florals and fika it was actually really hard to find competitors that had any sort of branding or brand yeah. at all, because I think so many people think that the flowers are their brand. They're yeah. like, my brand is my style of work. And I'm like, yeah. no, it has to, has to have a core. Like it's got to have that deeper values and messaging behind it. And yeah. then that it's just a part of your brand, your style of work. So it was just so interesting trying to find competitors. Like I was, I even was like, I don't even know what, who to put down because no one actually really is using brand. So if you're listening to this right now, like this could be your little secret weapon where I'm going to tell you like, not many people are focusing on this in in floristry and i'm sure in other industries as well they're focusing on their product and service being the brand mm. and it's just not the case like it can go so much deeper than that which is just so cool and if you are wanting to 
be a trailblazer, be a leader, be a disruptor in your industry, in your space, then you can't be a sheep. Like you can't look at what your competitors are doing and then just sort of follow along because that's what they're doing. You need to have that deep self-trust to be able to be like, no, I can see something bigger. I'm, I'm, you guys are designers in yourselves. Like you've got a big, beautiful, creative brain, like be able to lead and step forward apart from the pack. Like if everyone's going right, you go left and go and create your cool thing. Even if you don't have the evidence that it's going to work or it's going to land necessarily, it is if you put in that, that self-trust and the effort and, and just keep pushing it with, with the passion that you have, because if you, if you're just a sheep and this even goes for content as well, where it's like, Oh, she spoke about pricing. Now I'm going to speak about pricing. She spoke about, um, repurposing i'm going to speak about repurposing like every time you do that you're losing your own power and your own voice so it is just really interesting how all of these parts sort of play together um and yeah the competitors thing was so interesting when we were looking um for both businesses which was yeah and it is interesting i think a lot of creative industries like have the same sort of thing i've noticed like my photography clients it's same sort of deal with them like the photos of the brand well yeah like it's part of it your style is definitely part of it but if you know there are people with the same style out there that's not a fully unique differentiator for you so if that's all you're relying on again you're going to start just getting those clients who are like oh yeah like i'll just go with you because I don't know. That's easy. Like they're they're not going with you for a real deep sort of reason. And I think as well, like when it comes to branding and like creating that sort of visual side of things, it can be scary to stand out, especially if you feel like you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and like, you just don't really know what you're doing. Um, so I do find that, you know, a lot of my clients have also said to me, like, I'm I'm a bit scared to like do something a little bit different, a little bit crazy, because I like to give options to my clients, like maybe one that's a little bit more out there, one that's maybe a little bit more toned back. And, you know, people will often be like, I love this idea, but I'm scared. And, you know, there's a reason for, you know, all the choices I've made. And I'll explain that to them. So if you come at it from a strategic angle, like why you're choosing this color, why you're choosing this font or whatever it is, like when it comes to that, that visual side of things for your business, then you can have some confidence there that you're picking it for the right reasons. So that's where it again comes back to the brand building first. Like who are you connecting with? What's going to bring them in? And also what's your story? How can we sort of start to represent that and what you stand for visually and choosing things visually for your brand that represent that. And then you can have a bit more confidence that, okay, like this is probably going to work because I've actually put in that that foundational knowledge first. I'm not just diving in and picking colors at random. And that's when things can definitely feel really, really scary. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think that's even a thing in hiring an expert. I know that having you in my corner is so cool because it's opening up so much more than if I was doing it on my own, like I wouldn't be doing so many extra things that I can now do because I have you in my corner. And it's just that, that safety, I think. And it's the same if you've got any sort of mentor in any sort of field, like Alex for me is my mentor when it comes to branding and graphic design, which is so, so cool because it means that if I do feel a moment of like, oh, is this the right decision? Does this make sense for my brands? Am I making a mistake? Like I have the expert in my corner who also knows both of my brands like inside and out and and I've been with for a really long time, which is important as well. I think when people, mm 
go to choose mentors, it's so easy to sort of flick between all these different ones because you're trying to get something different from everyone. And while that can potentially work, like you might get different things from different people. And it's not to say you can't have different mentors and, and people in your corner. I feel like having you for what now is eight months, it's so cool because I don't have to like rebuild the relationship and restart like telling you where I'm headed and all of the things instead I can just plug into Voxer and be like what do you think about this and then I've got that safety knowing that Alex knows her shit so that if I do go to go to make a big move I feel fine like there's no part of me that's scared or worried or has fear because I've got you in my corner so even when I think to yeah hiring you and anyone who's thinking about hiring a professional hiring Alex it's so cool because it goes so much further than just getting the job done as in getting Mm. the rebrand done it's actually just having that safety to be able to move which is so important like it's a number one thing in my world when it comes to business just having people in your corner who are there for you who know their shit that you can lean on and especially when they're an expert in their field it's just like it's so cool yeah and that's the thing like your brand is always evolving your business is always evolving like your business today is not going to be the same business as in one month's time or one year's time and like if you're not continually moving with that you're you're going to just plateau and so yeah, yeah I when it comes to brand building like being able to have an identity that can continue to grow and you know be be updated and tweaked as needed and like we can add things to and build on as time goes by and that's how a lot of clients work with me as well is just we just keep building on things and yeah that's the that's the fun part yeah everyone who's live if you want to jump into the chat box if you've got any questions smash them out now we've got less than 10 minutes left so if you do have any questions just jump in um Alex, tell people a rundown of sort of the services that you'll offer if they're like, oh, this sounds cool. I want to work with Alex or I just want to sort of dip my toes into what mm. is possible. What do you sort of offer in terms of um, shorter containers, monthly containers, website, like just sort of give a rundown for people. And guys, if you're live, if you want to tr- um, plug in any questions, now is your time. Yeah. So Basically, if you want to start out small, I have like a little mini course. It's a five-part mini course and it basically dives into the brand building aspect of things. It's $47 at the moment. So I'll give you the link later if you want to put it somewhere. But I think it's a really good place to start. So whether or not you want to work with a professional or you just want to DIY it, it dives into that that foundational strategy stuff. So like your why, your competitors, your audience, your values, like all the things that go into actually building the brand before you do the branding. I think that's such an important place to start. So that's like my sort of entry-level thing that you can jump in if you're interested in like learning a bit more about building a brand. Um, And then from there, like I have my sort of brand design packages. So I have an intensive package, which is my most popular one. It's a three-day brand, basically we design your brand in three days. Um, I've also got a longer term package, which is sort of a two-month brand building package. And then from there, um, I work with people, you know, on retainers, like longer term, like I am with you, Lily, Um, you know, continually just building out the, the brand, being a bit of a brand mentor, creating graphics when required. So that's like available to past clients who, who I've built the brand for, because I want to know your brand inside and out. So if I'm going to work with you long-term and be creating with you, 
it's really important that, you know, I know your business like back to front. Um, so that's an option as well. I've also got my podcast brandology, which is where I dive into a lot of brand related stuff, which is obviously free. So you can go listen to that. I do an episode every week and yeah. I think, you know, some of those episodes are pretty juicy. So if you liked what Very we were talking good. about today, like I go through a lot of that stuff on my podcast too. It's so, so good. And, um, I'll just plug in with a question. How do you choose who to work with on this? Um, oh, so like if you're wanting to work with a designer, how do you pick the designer for you? Is that what you mean? Yeah. So I think two things. Style is important. So every designer sort of does have their own style, but that doesn't mean they can't work in other styles. So I would never use that as the only thing that you are using, like the only measuring stick. Um, but it is it is somewhat important. You need to obviously, like we were chatting about, look at their feed and straight away be like, oh, cool. This is this is a vibe. I like this. Um, yeah. And then also connecting with the person. So watch their stories, like see how, see if you vibe with them, like if you could be their friend. I really think that's so important because if you're doing the branding process right, it is a very collaborative process. There is a lot of back and forth. It's not just like Lily dumps everything on me and and then I like disappear for ages and send her, you know, her, her brand identity. Like that's not how it works. It's like back yeah. and forth and it needs to be to get the best end results. So I really recommend you know, not just jumping straight into it, like in one second, like have a look at some different people, get the feel for what they're like. And if you get along with them, the other thing I would recommend, third thing bonus is working with a designer who does work from like a strategic foundation. So like someone, even if you don't do a full like brand strategy package, which is a separate sort of thing I do that you can add on to a package. Not everyone has to do it, but I still work from that strategic foundation regardless of what package you do with me. And so some designers are like that, some aren't. And so I think if you want to just do a one-time investment in terms of like, you don't want to have to rebrand in 12 months. You don't want to have to rebrand in, in two years time. You'd want to just invest once it works with you for years and years to come. I'm not saying you're never going to need to rebrand again because you probably will like in the far future if it's done yeah. right, but it should not be within the three to five year period of getting it done initially. So yeah. I think, you know, if you're working with a designer who works from that strategic foundation first, rather than just straight away sending you design concepts or straight away being like, okay, send me a Pinterest board. Like, let's see what you like. Like that's, that's a red flag to me. So if you can look at their process and if they mention strategy, they have that initial phase before they actually do design work, you're probably going to get a much better end result. That's going to, you know, be a one and done investment for you. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you definitely feel that safety so much when you do go deeper, like Milena said, like you do go nice and deeply and, and have strategy behind it. I've worked mm. with other, um, other graphic designers before where they have literally just said like, send me a Pinterest. I've sent them like a Pinterest, but didn't really know what to put on it or what to whatever. Yeah. I was just like, these kind of look cool. And then they just sent me stuff back. And then I yep. was just like, there's no reasoning intention behind it. It's just like, Oh, this looks pretty. And then they sent it through. And so I didn't feel that safety with them or that trust with them because I'm like, I don't understand the process myself. Like, I think that's really cool when I jumped on with you, Alex, like I could see the whole process unfolding. It wasn't just like, mm. here's a thing that could work. It's more like, I literally chose this curve because of this. I chose this font, this color, this like so detailed and every single thing and decision was intentional. And I think that was yeah. um, something that I just absolutely loved. And like I've said before, Alex was one of those people where I jumped onto her Instagram and I was sold before we even jumped on that first initial call, which was really cool. And then 
just really cool for me to see as a consumer. I was like, cool, I get to do that with my clients as well, where people get to be sold before they even inquire with you. I think so many people put so much pressure and emphasis on the call itself or the consultation or the quote or whatever. Whereas it's like, that's exactly what brand and branding and it's all the bits and pieces get to do in itself is that you get to sell people before they even come and inquire with you, which is so Mm -hmm. cool because I felt that trust just like straight away, um, which was really cool. And then just quickly before we go as well, can you just run through sort of like any sort of pricing around graphic design branding yeah. just so people have an idea because yeah. I know when I jumped in I had zero idea around yeah. what honestly and stuff yeah it really yeah. varies depending on who you go to and this is the thing like there's no set pricing for this industry and I'm sure it's the same with floristry yeah. as well it's like super varied but like for me personally, my intensive packages at the moment are 4000 Australian dollars my yeah. full scale packages are 6000 so there's a bit of a difference there in price but uh, <laughs> Yeah, same question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I guess you could be looking at a range of between two and six thousand for like more of an intensive, shorter scale package. And this is Australian dollars, by the way. Um, yeah. And then if you're looking at like a longer term, sort of more like juicy strategic package, you probably would be looking between the five to ten thousand dollar mark. So that's sort of the range. And um, I definitely would recommend, you know, looking at some pricing guides as well. Usually designers have some form of pricing guide but just keeping in mind that like if you're choosing the right person and you're going about this the right way yes it can be expensive but again it's that one-off investment that's going to keep working for you for years and years to come so just trying to think of it that way rather than like oh my god this is such a big investment and you know you're not going to need to do it again anytime soon it's that one-off thing it's done right it's working for your brand it's helping you build that business and getting you results and that's really the end goal is like I want my clients to see actual tangible results from doing this branding it's not just a pretty thing like yes we want it to be pretty but I actually want you to see return on investment yeah that is so so helpful and it gets to be a slow burn if you want it to as well I didn't go from it from a place of um necessarily like you said whose style do I love because there's so many styles that I loved that would actually confuse me because I'm like there's so many different styles that I like I actually just connected with you as the human first and then I was like I'm just gonna let it unfold how it is I just want to work with you and whether it means I start on a shorter container and we build up from there that's perfect like I don't mind I can do the shortest like lowest ticket offer and I can start there and continue and that's kind of what we did I kind of just said yes just yeah but then we jumped onto the monthly container and then we're just sort of adding from there so just if you are in the position of looking don't think that you have to go like balls deep straight away and just like hand over twenty thousand dollars you get to just let it burn just start with the low ticket of wherever you can but what I would say is most important just choose the person like don't focus on the pricing don't necessarily focus on solely the style of their work just focus on the person because that's what you you guys always ask for your clients as well you want people to choose you and then the pricing the product the service comes next so that's really cool all right how can people find you alex yeah so you can find me on my instagram at haven studio co i also have my website havenstudio.com.au but my instagram is where it's at i'm on there every day posting a lot so yeah you can come join me there perfect and then you've got brandology the podcast yes i've got brandology yes the podcast it's anywhere you find your podcasts and then the instagram yeah. for that is at brandology pod 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on. Thank you for everyone who's come on live. I hope that you learned so, so much. And I'm sure we can do another one of these down the track and people have um, extra questions and extra bits and pieces or even a Facebook Live um, within the community as well. So if you're not already, jump over to the Flower Ed Facebook Collective. That's where all the good stuff happens. Thank you, Alex. I'll chat to you soon. Thanks so much for having me. Bye. Bye, guys.